Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys! This time we are kicking off yet another of what we hope will be a recurring segment, which is what we're playing this month, where we talk about the games that we've been playing, you know, preferably the Palladium games. But yeah, I guess we could talk about other stuff if the Palladium's running a little bit low. Yeah, I don't think with the game we're playing, that's really going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Matthew. I'm playing uh, Abel McVenner in this game. Well, let's let's take a little backstory into the game that this is. Oh, okay. So I'm running two different games right now. I, I only wanted to run one, but I wanted to run it every weekend. And this was back when COVID like locked everybody down. I think it was like March or so, March or May when I started March or April. I don't know. Anyway, was when it all shut down. Yeah, I wanted to run rifts every weekend, but not everybody could play every weekend. So I was starting to running every two weeks, but then that wasn't enough. So I started running a different Rifts game on alternating weekends. So now I'm running two concurrent Rifts games with at least one of the same players. But otherwise, they're very different groups. And it's a blast. Both Matthew and Brandon, who's again with us for this episode, ha- are in this game that I'm running. Uh, the first one that I started, the premise being Chaos Earth Soldiers, a NEMA team, crack team of specialists, was cryo-frozen sealed away to uh, be awoken within 15 or so years. Well, unfortunately, that didn't happen. (laughs) We got red dwarfed. You know, something went wrong and they woke up 400 years later. Yeah, well well into uh, (laughs) Rift's world. We were supposed to rebuild America, wave the flag and say, rally to us, survivors. But when we emerged from our popsicle-ness, we strolled out into the world, got jumped by an organized series of people who had already rebuilt their version of you know society and we we i don't even know what we are now <laughs> we're we're, uh, <laughs> we're just some guys sitting on a nexus <laughs> we got stuff so i should give a little bit of a disclaimer for anyone listening who is deeply familiar with the the rifts earth canon i diverge pretty heavily from it I've extended the Dark Ages by another hundred or so years. The coalition is similar, but I run it a little bit differently. And Lone Star is actually run and up run by a completely different organization. But that's about all you really need to know for now to understand what we're talking about. For the most part, it's Rifts, Rifts Earth, specifically the New West, my favorite setting on Rifts Earth. There's a few differences if you're listening and you're like wait 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 what that's not right yeah i mean like all good role-playing games you're supposed to, to file off the serial numbers and make it your own and for our case we made it a base building sim yeah yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> so you woke up in colorado and yeah. started to learn the lay of the land yeah one of us was goo yeah and yeah which i think brandon do you still have his goo uh, Gene? No, I don't. I don't have his goo. I have his armor. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I don't have his goo, and I don't have him as a spirit friend anymore. Right. So, when the group was building their characters, Brandon was—you were the last one to make a character, and 
I remember you're like, well, what does the party need? And said, well, the party needs either one of two things, either like a technician because nobody had tech skills or maybe somebody who knows magic. So an occult expert, Brandon went with a cult expert. So I said, hey, we're going to have an NPC then because you guys are really going to need a technician. So I rolled up, statted out, fully fleshed out this character, gave him a backstory. He was their engineer, personal touches, his favorite music, all kind of stuff. And then I even, I even posted the character sheet in our folder for everyone to see. And then when the game started, he was already dead, liquefied in the cryo tube. <laughs> it was a nice little fake out, I think. Oh, good old blue gene. <laughs> and for a dead character that no one's actually interacted with, he's had quite an impact on the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's worth noting that he was into jam bands. So, I mean... Not a huge loss, really, when you get right down to it. He had the fish, Grateful Dead, they have no place in riffs. That's not true. That is not true. Traveling uh, magic hippies had the best weed. (laughs) Well, now. Remember with the bus? (laughs) The rift hippies, if if we will call them that. Train's coming. (laughs) Rippies. No, uh, we, we, we climb out of our, our ruined base uh, fully expecting to, to see... Some, we, we knew something had gone wrong because we had, we had spent some time in the base uh, trying to figure out the computers and we were getting all kinds of weird signals about time delays and, you know, we weren't getting any chatter back. Um, so we, we knew something was wrong, but we, we crawled up and immediately got jumped by two competing groups. One was invisible, bisected ape people and the other was some sort of, for, for those who are familiar with the settings, the coalition, but based off a religious standpoint, the, in, in our game, they're called the Divine Coalition, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we got out of that. We ran into all kinds of different things. We headed south to Colorado Springs, where, where there was supposed to be a cache of uh, our stuff. Colorado Springs turned out to be a lake now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, surrounded by Simvan and... Shrieking howler, burrowing monkeys, vampire things. What we've been calling either chuds or mole apes uh, interchangeably. Yeah. yeah. Had taken over a very small trade town and turned it into a, essentially a hive of their disgusting procreation. They gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A series of misadventures. Uh, we eventually ended up in, in what was once the uh, NORAD, yep. Cheyenne the NORAD Mountain. site. A fictionalized version of Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah. But yeah, you know. The Divine Coalition was already there. We did some daring do. Someone started a fight. I got permission. I did. I called it in. I I called to the captain and I said, I have the leader in my sights. Should I take the shot? And then I badgered him like a five-year-old until he said yes. He never told you yes. Uh, Yeah. Here's the deal. I remember it. I record every game I run. (laughs) So I could go back and find out the answer to this question. I'm pretty sure he said yes. <laughs> yeah, Abel does stuff like that. But this is also the moment, uh, if you're uh, listening in from before, where Brandon had his uh, awakening and made a monolithic stone golem thing. <laughs> I'm still not sure what happened there. There was a lot of side notes. So I'm, I'm actually going to kick this over to you now. Uh, yeah, uh, after my magical mystery tour of my past with Steve, I appeared back in our world and spit up a fish. He asked me what I wanted to do when I was trying to save you and 
then I became one with the mountain, I guess, and swatted some flies that I felt upon me, which may or may not have been the people (laughs) (laughs) on the mountain. It was trippy as fuck. Yes, it was. It was very, very trippy. And then in my desire to save my buddy Abel, Steve switched our places and I appeared in Abel's almost destroyed armor. Well, actually, it got almost destroyed while I was wearing it, but still. As as someone said, I believe there's recordings. Yeah. (laughs) And I appeared out there in the middle of everything and was really scared compared to Abel, who was trying to fist fight a, a Samus armor. And holding um, his own, he might add. For those not in the know, Samus are flying power armor. They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. They move really fast. They have jets and they have rail guns. He, he launched himself with a rocket bike and, le- and grappled it in midair because he does things like that. Um, jammed a knife into him. <laughs> yes. Then... I started feeling the power. I may or may not have been possessed in the moment. And yeah, I opened a rift that started swallowing all of the coalition, including their big giant transport uh, skull-headed vehicle. We ended up capturing one of them. Yeah, y'all captured one, and uh, his name is Dwight. You ended up more or less making friends. It turned out that this one random NPC, for some reason, people decided they wanted to keep him around. So there's an ex-coalition grunt named Dwight. Dwight Ricketts, by the way. He has a last name. And he's hanging out with, oh yeah, the former first lady of the United States, also put into cryogenic around the same time you were. It's all very complicated. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there, there's a lot of subplots going on here. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Dwight thing, it wasn't, it was less that we wanted to keep him around. Well, well, Martin wanted to keep him around. Everyone else, it was really a matter of, if we let him go, he will go back to the coalition with information about us. But we don't want to kill him. Well, so, the captain wanted to kill him. He straight up wanted to. He still wants to kill him. Yeah, the, that's we're here to be the captain's conscious. That's that's fine, you know. But collectively, we didn't want to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and so the option is to keep him around and role play game, play role playing games with him because that's what Martin's doing. Yeah, we've bandied about the idea of on fifth Sundays of a month, which would be like three or four times a year, running an extended Palladium Fantasy game from the perspective of Martin actually running the game and the players of the game being the characters from the current campaign playing Martin's game. It would be like a game within a game. It would be so meta, man. So meta. So meta. But yeah, we've been focusing on base building. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to do pretty heavily was, right from the start, do something similar to, if you've played the computer games, XCOM, or uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, or uh, XCOM 2. I really liked the base building aspect of those games, so I wanted the group to be able to have a home base, fortify that home base, start to collect supplies and maybe outfit soldiers and literally start a nation kind of thing right Which now. What, sorry. What we've been doing. Yeah. Like we've been reaching out to neighboring communities, been making contacts with uh, 
various powerful organizations like the the Sinites. We've also made contact with his other gaming group, mm-hmm. which is very interesting people. They are a very different collection of characters. Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of spent a few episodes wandering around like little lost ducklings going, what's going on? What's going on? Can anyone tell me what's going on? Because... <laughs> We'd, we'd been popsicled for 400 years, and it's not like there's a local library or an almanac to look up. So We met them. Uh, we've, we've started collecting a few cast of, of characters that are starting to fill out our base. We've got Frank, our uh, now local techno wizard, and his gothy daughter, who may be some sort of other magic. She is what is known as a mystic. And a sentient robot with cat yes, facts. Program yes. with cat facts. Yeah. Fanny uh, is their name. And we also, uh, of course, we, as mentioned, we thought out the former first, last first lady of the United States. Yeah. One of the story hooks is that they found cryogenic storage tanks inside the Cheyenne Mountain facility, three of which were occupied one by the frozen former, the, the final president of the United States of America, by the, that president's first lady, and by their grandchild. But the president and the grandchild both have forms of cancer. As they are frozen, the cancer is also frozen, so it isn't progressing. Currently, none of them have the ability to cure cancer, so they decided to wake up the first lady <laughs> and keep the others on ice. I mean, technically, and this is something my character has been struggling with. Technically, that that still is. That's not a former anything. That was the person who was there when I went to sleep. Yeah. I woke up. They're still there. There may be some squatters who have, you know, kind of set themselves up as this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But the duly ordered file of command is still there. And like that, that's, that's his driving motivation is to get that back up and running. Yeah, at least that's what Abel believes. Some of the rest of us, uh, the U.S. is gone. I don't know. We're doing our own thing now. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people playing a lot of cool things. I just decided to play a plain grunt, a straight soldier. So that said, I'm not too plain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the most important thing to my character. Everyone's trying to to do all kinds of stuff. Oh, did we mention there's Archie in the base? We should probably mention there's Archie in the base. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> yes, we have an Archie too. Yeah. Oh, we also picked up a new player who we who has playing our our mechanic. Finally, uh, Angelo. Mechanic. <laughs> who also has a magical horse that I'm supposed to pretend I don't know is sentient. A cypony, but yeah. Tonight. We're going to play, uh, shortly after we're done recording here, we're going to be playing through with the rest of the team the final session of 2020. And then I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break and we'll be resuming again in 2021, early January. Where we last left off is the group has essentially what they believe to be one final obstacle to get through in order to finally reboot the power system of the facility and get everything back online. And that obstacle is one or more little spider monsters that destroyed Uh, one of their little exploratory probe droids. I'm curious, what do y'all think about what's going to happen tonight? I have a flamethrower. Yeah. And before we proceed, I do, dear listener, 
You might want to point out that when he set that up there, he didn't say that the team has one more obstacle. He said that the team believes they have one more obstacle. It's an operative term right there. Well, this is essentially the season finale, so some cool and crazy shit might happen unexpectedly. Now, let's talk about what NPC considers crazy shit. Uh, The game just before our last game (laughs) was one of, and this is not for praise for experience, this is just honest, was one of the funnest games I've ever taken part in in my whole life. So here's what happens, right? We go down into the basement, and all of a sudden we are out of time, and we're meeting snippets of ourselves from the future. And I'm not talking like an occasional conversation. I'm talking about hundreds, thousands of ourselves, (laughs) all stuck in these tunnels. Now, my character immediately goes feral. (laughs) And this was an amazing exploration, and I had so much fun being the multiverse of Abel's, which is, I, I like, I don't even know if this is going to tie in later or anything beyond, you know, the psychological damage we took, but that was, that was some of the most fun I had. And, and, and while we're recapping and bringing th- people up to speed, I had to mention that because that was an amazing game. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you were experiencing the multiverse of Abel's. <laughs> the other half of the group... Yeah, was doing, we were actually at a whole other thing because I had gone, I did not go in physically, unlike everyone else. I astrally projected in. So when I got in there, I didn't have a body. I was sharing a body with the doctor. Who's also a robot. Yeah, who's a robot. (laughs) And we were both inhabiting the body of a robot from a point in time in the past. Yeah. To make a a long story short, the barracks of the Cheyenne Mountain facility, due to some events in the past, got uh, trapped in a astral slash dream crossover realm nightmare dungeon with a creature based off of one from the Nightbane books. I decided to take the time and calculate out to the day how many days had passed or week. Actually, I only broke it down to the week and based upon how much time passes in astral space versus how much time passes in the real world. I calculated that uh, in the 400 years or so that had passed four million something years had passed in the nightmare dungeon. All of the souls that were in the barracks at the time that it got trapped in that loop had been in there for four million years in an eternal struggle of psychotic resurrection that's where abel matthew's character and a few of the other soldiers fell in and got sort of sucked into the flow of things and i believe that based upon the time in the real world that it took to get everyone out there was anywhere from three years to 56 weeks of uh, or 15 weeks or something like that of suffering that was that was for them yeah some characters came out traumatized. <laughs> Abel had a blast. He thought he was in Valhalla. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then some it, good uh, last stands too uh, with Brandon and uh, Abel at the end of that when we were being chased by this uh, evil moth creature, which had made all of this, I, I presume. I'm, I'm still yeah, unsure. I took the, the creatures from Nightbane 
a necrophim and a morphia moth, and I combined them to make a necromorphia moth that was... <laughs> I just took the best of both worlds of their powers and overlaid them, and whoo, yeah. With some Clive Barker shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There were some awesome last stands there, though. That was yeah. that was that was good penultimate stuff. Yeah, because uh, Martin was eventually able to escape back to his body, and with the help from the other group, opened a portal to go in and say and help lead everyone back out including pulling the Morphia moth out into the real world like uh, Freddy Krueger so that we could kill it in the real world. <laughs> Weren't we actually dragging it with a rope at one point? We were very physically, I grappled it and <laughs> you pulled the rope that was tied to me through the... <laughs> well, I know uh, Lancer, Lancer, who is the Psy Stalker Cyber Knight from the other group, had joined in on that session. We had two players from that other group come. We've crossed over several times. And we had two players come and join, and Lancer, being the Cyber Knight, was actually technically the one who, without the Cyber Knight, I would have had to completely redo how the game was going to end because I needed a, psy- a psychic sensitive to bring the others to you. And yeah. so it was good that the the Side Stalker was there. He is the master of the Lariat, so he did some Lariat on it, and I think like Brandon like grappled it in the air, or Martin grappled it in the air, and Abel was helping to pull the Lariat. It was it was some yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. And then when we pulled it out on the outside, we had the chromium guardsman slash glitter boy sitting there with a nice big round of greeting. Oh combined with the Ultimax. The the sentient Ultimax. That's Fanny for those of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, one day we should really uh like maybe as bonus content post uh some of our recordings. I was thinking that. We yeah. we'll we'll talk about it. We'll have to get the consent of the other players. I would probably only trim out just the pauses in the bathroom breaks and, yeah. you know, go back and find out, is there any questionable material that we talk about? Uh, There's a lot of questionable but I think, you know, when I've been listening to them, they're pretty good. Yeah. I run very seat of the pants. So frequently an episode, a session, a session will begin where I have to retcon something because, you know, usually I prefer to fly. I prefer to run with a few books handy and I might stop to look some things up, but usually I'm just I'm just going to make a call. I'm going to go with it, or I might throw out a kind of a, an estimation of how many how many suits of power armor are here. Several thousand. No, no, right. no, no. <laughs> I want to take that back <laughs> or, or something. Yeah, a great moment of that was uh, astral projection. You're like, oh, let me look up and see what this is. That's two pages of text. Screw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am not reading that right now. <laughs> tell you what, you're astral. Tell me what you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's this has just been such a fun campaign, and I'm I'm actually glad. I, I like the way you run it as as a serial, you know, as a as as a television series. Like when when we're playing with NPC, he'll say things like, "Okay," and then we have a side wipe. And what are you guys doing now? Because we split up a lot. You know that old aphorism of never go down the corridor alone? We always go down the corridor alone. <laughs> I think it just makes more sense, you know? Like, yeah. Your characters, even though you are a unit, now you have a base and there's really just a small group of you. You have to split up. Yeah. But also, realistically, there's no reason for you to be in the same room 24 hours a day all yeah, the time. Yeah, weird. Like, each of you has a specialty and going off to do your own thing totally makes sense. 
And I don't even say that as a GM who's like, <laughs> split the party. More of a, I like splitting the party for a narrative standpoint. It just tells a better story. Yeah, it, it definitely makes more sense. Yeah, and then I can talk to Steve without able eyes side eye in me. <laughs> oh, Steve. I don't know what you're talking about. Steve, I've never Steve, done that. Steve, Steve is a vampire. Well, you'll find out eventually, mind, maybe. Mind controlled Martin. Maybe. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Steve is probably one of my most successful enigmatic NPCs I've ever used. And I think it's only because I said he looked like Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Like if it had been anything else, if I had just gone with any other description, it wouldn't have been as interesting. It's the same with Frank. Like people remember Frank because I described Frank as steampunk middle-aged Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And everybody's like, I know exactly what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are running long on this one. We'll wrap this up. Good experiences with this campaign? Oh, this is this has been one of the most fun campaigns I've ever been a part of. Thanks. I, I just want to go back to that Valhalla sequence. Yeah. I mean that that is without without a single shadow of a doubt, the most fun gaming session I have ever had. <laughs> nice. like, there, there's a, I, I, I know we're trying to wrap, but there there was a moment <laughs> where there was a female version of me somehow down there, which kind of freaked Abel out. They they looked at me with haunted eyes, and I looked at them with compassion in mind, and I said, "Hold this," and handed them a grenade with no pin, and then ran. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was sheer insanity, and it was so much fun. Yes, and ultimately, it left Martin feeling proud that he saved the team, but also a lingering doubt that he caused it. A- Abel would thank you. He'd write you a card. <laughs> <laughs> so much XP. And perhaps after tonight's session, we'll have another report. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us this week, everybody. Uh, This has been a lot of fun rehashing it. If you'd like to hear more of this, please let us know because this is fun for us. We hope it's fun for you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again. And thanks, Brandon, for joining us again. Thank you for having me. I feel like Fanny should take us out with a cat fact. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. I got my cat facts open. All right. Did you know when your cat sticks his butt in your face, he's doing so as a gesture of friendship? That's cat fact number 19. God, I love Fanny. (laughs) All right, guys, see you next time. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.